0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Kings and Priests podcast. I am here with my distinguished co-host.
1: Oh, extremely. Dean
0: Sweetman. (laughs) What's up?
1: (laughs) Mate, everything's up and everything's good. God's good. Good. Life is good. Busy. Mm -hmm. Traveling a bit, which I don't really enjoy anymore, but you know, it's productive.
0: Yep. You get to do it.
1: And things are good, man.
0: That's good. Yeah, that's good you know i'm you know it was something that i was not prepared for in being a new dad oh the the like kid getting sick you getting sick and then your wife getting sick and that's lasting two and a half yep. to three weeks just yep. you know what i mean it's a thing it's it's like it's we're we're now like three weeks into the like cold slash sinus infection <laughs> thing working itself <laughs> all the way through the house yeah and my god you got a few more years left to go just i know, I know right? I know. And then yeah. when then they start going to school and it's just like.
1: Then all those diseases come so on. Whole other
0: thing. Yeah. It's just like a Petri dish. Mm-hmm. Our house is just, so.
1: they're crawling around the floor. Their oh ha- hands down their diapers. It's I know. Just all
0: crazy. I know. I know. It's just, <laughs> it, it's, just it's amazing. It's amazing. Um, hey, OK. Before we get into our topics today, Dustin Johnson. Have you read how much he's made in, in five months? Thirty,
1: thirty 30 something million.
0: 30 something million dollars. The golf, golf or the win and he made some jokes i think it was yesterday or today like yeah i'm i'm so bummed to have made the decision <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah yeah right 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 I, yeah to all the yeah. people out there who you know hating mm-hmm. i was like whatever yep. man i'm I'm doing fine i think yep. they're all having a ball um yep i watched uh not all of bangkok last weekend but um you know it's it's a startup that's what you have to that's what <laughs> i love about it i think that's what i meant i love golf yep but you know Greg Norman, is a this is a startup now you he happens yeah. to have two hundred billion <laughs> <laughs> as as the seed round <laughs> yep and they're literally like starting something from scratch mm-hmm. which I think
0: that's why I like it so much. Is it all Saudi money that's paying for live hundred percent so what's interesting about that is I have a good friend who i I golf with his name's Fielder. And he's just like all knows all the in, all in all the golf world, you know. Mm-hmm. He's, amaz- he's just he's he's a phenomenal golfer. But he um, was telling me that a lot of the, these big like YouTube golf accounts, so like Rick Shields, there's this one called Good Good, which is like these six guys, and we're talking these these are golf brands that right. get hundreds of millions of views a year, and have their own clubs and shirts and the whole right. thing. He says the Saudis have been funding them, for, right? Three or four years to just start. No, no.
1: Saudi's been in golf for ten years. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Saudi Mm -hmm. was funding PGA Tour events and DP World Tour events and women's golf. Saudi's been in this. Is
0: it it kind of all in prep of this live golf thing? It seems. I don't know. That that was the. I just wonder what their interest is in it. Why golf? You know. Well, you know. Look, the critics will say they're sport washing, right? They're using
1: their dirty oil money to bring legitimacy. To their human rights record, to right, which is all legit. Like, you know, th- there's some shadiness going on over there, right? Yeah. But look, you know, if you if you decided not to watch, listen to, or partake in something that you didn't agree with politically, yep. Like you wouldn't be able to turn on the radio or listen to a, a song. Yeah. Like, you know, you, I have you'd to have find you have to tr- watch TBN for the rest of your life, twenty four exactly.
0: Exactly. And you go Uh, mad. I I want (laughs) to find this. Hold on. This. I actually just saw a meme from our from our friends at Theosu Memes actually about Uh that. Literally just the other day. Hold on. I'm gonna find it. It was great. It was like, um, hang on. They they post like you know thirty memes a day, but it was so good. I I I can't remember what what day was. Oh, it was um, it was this one here, and it was like. I've renounced nationalism. I only belong to the church starter kit. And and on it is like the Whole Foods logo, the ACLU logo, the Prius logo, Starbucks, (laughs) Twitter, uh, American Express. Basically just in other words, like, yeah, everything we use is somehow tied back to. And here's something that that is not great for humanity probably. Right.
1: Yeah. hundred (laughs) percent. And there's, I think Greg Norman said this. He's uh, the, the, Companies that sponsor the PGA Tour are doing about $40 billion a year with Saudi Arabia already. Right. So, like, there's no you, – you can't yeah. say this is right and that's wrong. You just got to right. go, this is sport. And, you know, I hope they do some good. They—they they, I saw on their website they started, like, a live to give, right? Like, they're mm-hmm. doing the charity thing. You know, like, yep. hopefully some junior golf gets helped and they do something for the women's tour or whatever. But, like, I, I can't, you know, yep. like – not watch something because of what's going on. You can't watch anything.
0: Right. No, totally. Totally true. Um, so, okay. I found, I, I read this hilarious article just earlier today. Um, and so I don't, I don't subscribe to Business Insider. I just never really have, but I saw mm. this article on Twitter, this particular article on Twitter that then led me to their site, which I think for like, it's like a dollar a month right now. So I like signed right. up or, or whatever, but so it's a Business Insider article. And what's funny is a lot of the VCs, On Twitter today, have already been debunking this article. So, oh, really? Yeah, 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 yeah. But basically, the headline was this: I made the headline of the article is this: I made two hundred thousand dollars last year ghostwriting tweets for superstar VCs. It takes me five hours a week, which is hilarious. hilarious. Now, the backstory on this guy, because I copy and pasted some of this to the doc, but what what I didn't copy and paste is that the backstory of this is that this guy who's claiming to do this is a startup founder of a company that just raised a series C investment and he says he has 120 employees but he says you know I'm I pay myself 130 grand a year I live in a major city so this is my side gig which is hilarious to think about right totally so this is why he does it anonymously so this article says but let's look through this and and because if you are like me and Dean I know you have a Twitter like there is there's just so much information on there. And there are so many tech founders, venture capitalists that when I see how much they're tweeting, I kind of wonder, have always mm-hmm. wondered, like, do you work? How That's do you keep what, this up? How do you keep this up? How do you keep yeah, how are you so knowledgeable on all this information that is so current and then at the same time build what you're building? So if this is true, this may be this maybe is the story behind it. But basically, he says this ghostwriting tweets for venture capitalists is my side hustle. Last year I made $200,000. Some VCs will pay me per tweet. I've done a hundred thousand dollar tweet threads to announce a big funding round. And I've also done hundred dollar t- to tweets. Other VCs pay me per month, you know, for 10, for five to 10 grand, I'll write 10 original tweets a month. That is Brilliant. insane. That is absolutely no. insane.
1: When I read that, I like, I'm like, you do two things on Twitter. You consume, mm-hmm. or you create, right? Yep. What's my ratio? My ratio is 99% consumption. Same. Same. So the reason, so I'm looking at this going, I think I get this a bit because mm-hmm. I sometimes I, gotta, I don't have anything to say. <laughs> right, exactly. And if exactly. I do, I just I'm too busy to go and like get a thought,
0: thoughtfully do it. Exactly.
1: And yep. then write it that's coherent that's no spelling mistakes yep. and get it all the – and then edit it down to the mail words. I'm like, it's exactly. going to take me like 20 minutes. Yes. And yes. so I don't write. Yep. Exactly. And Sometimes now there's this – And that's yes. it.
0: So exactly. It's mine is like – mine is basically like for a group of about seven or eight people mm-hmm. that I know – you know what I mean? Like it's about sports. It's about, it's all over the place, right? Yeah. And now yeah. the Twitter, Twitter algorithm rewards these threads, right. which like – is this like micro blogging? Which I get what they're doing, but it's yep. basically rewarding you to take your blog and and do it on Twitter, right? Right, right. So I I guess I get it. So first of all, that is a hilarious and insane side hustle. And I've never heard of and it. And if you're a writer listening, my God, find a niche and yeah, maybe like, like entertainment those, like,
1: people or like pick exactly, a niche. Right?
0: Yeah. I know that, um, I have a friend that works, uh, in comms for PR firms and they will regularly do that. Right. So, you know, the CEO needs to have a public face, right? We're going to write your blogs. We're going to do your Twitter, all that kind of stuff. So if you're a writer, man, there's probably a niche here somewhere that will, will pay you to write, but Um, So the question is, is why are these VCs willing to pay so much? And then he says, to understand this, you have to understand the evolution of Silicon Valley and how startups get funded. So I'll kind of give you the quick version of this because it's, you know, whatever. Basically, early 2000s, the internet wasn't as big. Venture capitalists were not making the kind of money they were then. The deals were happening slower. There was fewer deals. Ecosystem Um, was
1: what? 1% of
0: what it is today. Exactly. Ecosystem was tiny. And so now you have obviously these levels of venture investors and you sort of have the Mm -hmm. biggest of the big who don't need any kind of public face for deal flow. (laughs) But you kind of have this middle-of-the-road venture investor who generally is not leading an investment. They're kind Mm -hmm. of following, you know, they're kind of a supplement. Yep. Uh, and so they're essentially having to use Twitter to differentiate themselves right. and essentially be somebody that a founder wants to have invest. I, which um,
1: yeah, it's, 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 it, we talk about it all the time, right? It's deal flow, mm-hmm. right? So they're, what they're trying to do here, I think is just create deal flow, get noticed so they can get in on some rounds, you know, join some boards, like whatever, yep. They're just trying to – and if they're unknown and small or brand-new VC, it's it's a way for them to get known and to get some deals flowing their
0: way, right? Right. Yeah, which makes sense. It's pretty ingenious. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it makes all the sense in the world, especially if you're mm-hmm. just getting started or, you know. Right. Um, here's one of the things that I, I thought that was really interesting. Um, so – he basically just talks about how he just kind of does this all from like his phone and a laptop and just kind of does it in, <laughs> in real time, you know, Right. um, he said there isn't much of a filter between what I write and what gets tweeted. Twitter is so fast. You're either on the zeitgeist or you're not, you know, he said, most yep. people will, will post close to a hundred percent of what I write. If it turns out to be a banger, that's great. If it's not, it gets deleted, <laughs> which is hilarious. It's like, right. Speaking of miss, but okay, here's what I thought was really interesting, because there's obviously like the deal flow part of it, where I'm an investor, I want people to know who I am, I want to be attractive to founders, whatever. But then he kind of goes on to talk about, and this is like the billions slash like succession type version of this, right. I thought was interesting. He says, uh, everyone involved in tech at a, at a global scale has a political project, most of them are open borders guys, they want to beat the immigration reform drum because they need to hire engineers. A lot of my clients are interested in in tech policy and national security, uh, China deterrence, missile defense, the government procurement process, and he goes, I can help them sound like they're knowledgeable and in the weeds on this stuff. <laughs> Sometimes tweets about policy arguments can get pretty close to what you'd call an op-ed. Okay, so that's like really interesting that some of these founders are trying to move the needle on their business based upon what they're talking about on twitter yeah that's some like risky. that's some like third and fourth order that's some chess right yeah there.
1: yeah do i would i want someone else writing what i believe about things that i care about probably not right <laughs> right which right. is what that is so it's this disingenuousness you know i'm mm-hmm. sure that's the right word it's just it's fake a little bit right and maybe they this is their position and they hey this is my position on this go and write it up get in the weeds yeah um it, it's all just fascinating that how we value today and here's our cross-section with our faith right mm-hmm. like the value of your brand the value of you your image okay mm-hmm. is massive we know that in the world um yeah. you know we know we know the power of a brand we know when yep. you see the apple with the bite out of it like mm-hmm. boom that's like mm-hmm. unbelievable if you see the coca-cola font it's like bam yeah. that's we know the value of a brand but the last 10 years now people are brands or the right. last 15 years but it's gotten right. with social media it's gotten off the chart right mm-hmm. every little girl is trying to look like king kardashian yep teen suicides are up like yep. the whole thing mm-hmm. body dysphoria like all yep. of this is going on image yep. image image image
0: Yep. and which that's happening in the church that's happening in business that's happening in everywhere right everywhere we are our A brand and yeah yeah yep.
1: so how christ-like is that how New Testament is that? Mm-hmm. Zero, right, right. And and so, just if if you're a believer, just don't get caught up in this. Right. Let let your fruit announce who you are. Who you are, right. Let what you do, mm-hmm. um, while no one is looking, mm-hmm. t- like tell like tell God who you are. Mm-hmm. You know, when I'm doing things that no one knows about, God sees it. So right. that's that's what I'm trying to impress, mm-hmm. and. Like, leave this, I've got to have my image in the marketplace to sell wherever I'm selling bit. Like, it's just so, such antithesis to what we believe as Christians.
0: Yeah, well that, exactly. I mean, you know, he kind of closes out the article by saying we've been living in the metaverse for 15 years. We live in a technology meditated, uh, uh, sorry, we live in a technology mediated reality. There are no facts. Narrative is the only thing that matters. Everything is propaganda. That's the world we're living in and we're not going back. And to me, that's just like, while I get that from a pragmatic I reject perspective, it. I reject it. And and I can't be anything if I'm not authentic to myself who is made in the image of God. Right? So it, yeah. it, I, I think, and we've said this before when we've talked about people want to start companies and the content they create. If you If you want to do it, do it. If you don't want to do it, don't do it. But whatever you mm-hmm. do, do it as unto the Lord. And- And And have conviction about about it it. and have a conviction about it. Right. As opposed to this, where it's like, he's literally saying there's a formula for growing on social media that then results in money coming in the door opportunity or whatever, but you're not, you're, you're just kind of playing the same game that everyone else is playing. Right. And that's something we like to talk about is like, sure, there's a game we're playing, but we can't play it. In some instances, we can't play the game in the same way. And in other ways, we can't play the game at all. (laughs) <laughs> right and, and that's where and we shouldn't 100 mm-hmm. percent,
1: yeah it's uh it's fascinating it, it gives you a little delve into you know I, and you've got to think that entertainment and celebrities have this mm-hmm. going on right like they've yep. got to have people that
0: 100 like, percent. oh yeah
1: like literally managing their whole social media thing and it's mm-hmm. all staged and this and that it's like Oh my gosh! I can't hey, believe it. I'm getting yeah. caught up in any
0: of That have you ever felt that pressure or had people try and get you to over the years? So, sure. hey, if you if you did X, Y, Z more, you just
1: yeah, yeah. Just no, say, like, I mean, no, I'm not. Even, good. Like, people have said stop it. You know, I just never bought into it, and I just right. hate things that are fake. And mm-hmm. you know, I'm just gonna be myself, and if that's not good enough, <laughs> that's fine. That I don't is what care. It is. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need more followers. I don't. Like, I'm just going to do what I feel like yep. God's telling me to do. And if it works, yep. I keep doing it. If it doesn't, I'll change it, try something else. And, yeah, you know, I'll fall over and fail a bit and, and have a win here or there and just keep it real. You know, mm-hmm. that's, that's how I've lived it. And yep. just try to be as authentic as I can, you know, mm-hmm. on who, who I am in Christ and my, mm-hmm. what my mission is at the moment and go and do it.
0: Yep. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. I just think, I think for me reading this is just, you just go, it's really easy to see all these other people doing all this stuff. Yeah. And you kind of just go, man, it's just not always what it appears to be, you know? And, uh,
1: look, if you don't have, you know, Jesus, it's everything is, you got to go and froth it all up and froth it up and Jesus is enough. Exactly. And so just go and you know, go and trust in him and
0: use your talents and go, go get it, man. Do what you're doing. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Okay, so uh, next, I want to talk about um, uh, this other article uh, that I read. Basically, inside Amazon's deal mach- deal machine, so how the tech giant acquires companies, mm-hmm. uh, who's in charge, and what it and what makes it want to buy right now. So, what makes right. them want to buy? So, basically, they've been they've been on a buying spree. Um, they are known for being like a disciplined buyer that moves fast. And, and really aggressively. So I figured I'd just go over really quickly the companies they've bought, at least, mm-hmm. at least the, the big ones. I didn't yep. realize they buy quite a bit of companies under the $100 million price point. Yeah, And and in this article, it actually talks about how, uh, in many cases, a VP level at, at right. Amazon can make just that purchase. Like a There's a story here about, about a guy who sold his company for $100 million to Amazon and never talked with a single senior executive at Amazon, Correct. which is just... She shows you how big Amazon is, right? When
1: you're printing that much money, right? The, the yeah. Anything under a hundred. Can is you like, imagine? Is I'm going to sell my fruit. company to
0: you for a hundred million. And I don't ever talk to anyone above a VP at your company. That's, that's awesome. wild. Um, so they bought in 2017, they bought Whole Foods has been their biggest purchase for mm. almost 14 billion. They bought mm. MGM in 2021 for eight and a half. They've bought one medical. iRobot they bought this year. Zokes, I don't even know what that is. Uh, They bought Zappos, Twitch, Ring. Crazy story about Ring. I met the guy who founded Ring right after he would, this was in probably 2012, right after he was on Shark Tank. The company was called DoorBot at the time.
1: Right. I think I saw that.
0: He was literally, he was the same guy. He invented um, uh, uh, the, the, the first app that ever allowed you to transcribe a voicemail into text. Ah. And he sold that business and he started building iRobot with his own money. Uh, and he was running it out of his house forever. Ring? And then, yeah, ring. Yeah, but it was called, it, it was called, what was it? it was Doorbot. That's what it was, Doorbot. And then, so they, okay. they do Shark Tank. They send out, they pre, I think they do like a half a million units in pre-order. They sent out, this is crazy. They sent out their first pre-order uh, shipment and every single one of them was, didn't work. <laughs> and so they literally had to create a fix and instructions on how to install that fix and send it wow. to every single one of their first users. That's when they rebranded as Ring, got it, and came out into the market. And it, which is crazy. Yeah.
1: No, no, what an awesome message though! To, Such to, a crazy message, thunder. right? Mm-hmm. Hey, hey, Mister Founder! You just put your blood, sweat, and tears into getting five hundred thousand pre-orders, and they all bombed.
0: <laughs> Literally, none of them a worked. For, a billion. What did they one. sell? Eight hundred and thirty-nine. Eight hundred and thirty-nine million dollars. $839 million. That's insane. That's so, okay. Then, anyways, so so here's the deal. They they broadly follow two main tenants, and this is this is kind of what I want to drill into when they're looking at buying something. Uh, never get into a bidding war. And always look for undervalued assets. Now oh, that's one on
1: one. Those are both pretty like standard, basic. You know, if you're going to go yep. buy stuff. Yeah. But what it's interesting about this list, so there's synergies, mm-hmm. right, with the core business. Mm-hmm. So Amazon's core business is selling everything. Like, I needed a golf travel bag today because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I'm going to San Diego to play golf next week with a customer of the who won a, a golf trip with me and Frank nice. so I'm going. So I wake up and I go, oh man, I, got, I need a golf bag. Mm-hmm. you know and I'm like, and I my wife changes the password to Amazon so many times. so I have to get her phone. she opens it up. I search in golf travel bag. The first one that comes up was the Amazon approved one. I scrolled down to look at four or five, then I go back to the Amazon approved one. It was fifty-one dollars with tax, it was fifty-four dollars, and I made the purchase in one click. Yep. So that is Amazon's core business. I needed something instantly, mm-hmm. you know, within a day or two. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I could have driven an hour into the PGA superstore, into Salt Lake, and then I, you know, and I might not have been able the to get the one I want. that's like, and then mm-hmm. I solved my problem in 90 seconds. Right. Mm-hmm. That's Amazon's core business. So but if you look so Whole Foods, what is like when you think about um, Instacart, what they're doing, mm-hmm. right? All of this kind of delivery, yep. that was such an amazing fit. They want to get into medical stuff, right? So they bought Pill Pack, one medical. Yep. So there's a play there. Mm-hmm. Right. They they want Entertainment,
0: entertainment with MGM and Twitch. Yeah. Right? On what entertainment. does entertainment
1: what does iRobot and Ring give you? Gives you people's data mm-hmm. in their house, mm-hmm. so the Amazon yeah. Alexa thing, I, I think they put Alexa in all this stuff now, and it's, huh. they're literally just gathering yep. just mountains of data, yep. from the home, mm-hmm. you know, like MGM, right? So, they're look what they bought MGM for, nothing like, yeah, 8. I was, sho- I was
0: shocked at that.
1: And actually. dude, there, I mean, that I was talking to Pauline about it because this is her world a little, but um. They're known for one franchise and it's James Bond. That's it. They've got a bunch of other stuff.
0: Oh, But they yeah. own James Bond
1: and will own it forever. Mm-hmm. And so. Fascinating. I just, Yeah. So they just bought every James Bond film. They just appeared on my Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. I'm on there watching something else. I know, well, it's like mm-hmm. 26 James Bonds I can go and watch now. Mm-hmm. Um, just, they just bought a bunch of content to put on their Prime. Thing. It would be um,
0: fascinating maybe- to know, yeah, too. Like, if you think about the data that they're collecting and the data that they understand, so they obviously have Amazon Prime Video, so they're getting to see all the data on what people are watching, what yep. people are buying, what people are searching for, and then yep. at some point, someone on their business development team or whatever it is says, "Okay, this is the viewing profile of the Amazon customer. Mm-hmm. What's a studio that owns the property? Like, that's crazy. We're not going to love. Oh, we're yeah. just we're not going to do a licensing deal with them. We're just going to buy them." <laughs> correct for, for nothing. Cause I think I read they have 60 billion in cash right now. Uh, yeah. something crazy like that. Yeah. That's and insane, adding man.
1: 20, 30 a quarter. It's like, so, you know, like Twitch, the video game platform, right? Mm-hmm. That's what mm-hmm. that is. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the time is in that, but they got a plan. Mm-hmm. And these, these are all cash businesses. They buy these things at certain multiples. You know, they're going to pay 10 times, 20 times, you know, revenue. But they're going to own them forever, and these good things are going to just grow, and and then they can put the the reason to do M and A is to not just acquire a technology mm-hmm. or a product or a service, but you also get the customers, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then with those two things, a product and customers, and I already own other customers and other products, right? Now, what can I put in the circle of happiness yeah. and sell? Let's say I buy a, a, a you know a company that's got five thousand customers in there. Mm-hmm. Now I've got five thousand more customers to sell other things that yeah. I have, right? And it just becomes this like infinity loop when I'm just acquiring all this all these products and all these customers, and I start selling everything to everyone, mm-hmm. and and so the company grows much quicker than if it just stood alone because it doesn't have the network effect of you know having Whole Foods like physical stores. You know, most Whole Foods now. I think all of them. That's where you take your Amazon stuff back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. Right. So now, if I him want him to you return, check out, you scan your, you scan your Amazon. Well, and, I thing didn't, and
1: I just, I just return, but then I went and bought the bread and the milk. I forgot I needed. Mm-hmm. It's like genius.
0: It's genius. You know, the other thing that this article said that was genius was they don't, none of their deals now include stock anymore. It is one yeah. hundred. They prefer one hundred percent cash, which yeah. is just even more a baller move. To just totally. say, we are we are just going to straight up buy you. <laughs> yep.
1: yep. Um, and, and every, like if this was a PE firm doing this, every PE firm does, has a version of that too. At certain level, they just cash. They just want you. At mm-hmm. usually bigger deals, they want the owners to hang around so they do stock with them. But right. yeah, this is just it's just epic, man. I mm-hmm. Look, I, I, I don't know if Jeff Bezos is a good guy. He's not running things day to day anymore. But um, I mean, what what a phenomenal legacy i know you know you could probably poke holes in a lot of this and go oh they're not doing this and they're bad for this and they're not good for the environment but i would argue the opposite but yep man what Mm -hmm. what a phenomenal company amazon is i just yeah
0: yeah it's crazy so i think lastly it it says this um they like to move really quickly Uh, maybe this is where we can make some application you know to some for some stuff that people that are listening are working on, but basically they say by moving quickly, Amazon keeps pressure on its acquisition targets. The longer the negotiations take, the more likely a deal can fall apart. And I have found that to be true, like in the smallest of deals that you are trying to get done, even just selling a product at a company, you know, like that is like age old wisdom. The longer it goes on, the less likely it is is to happen. Would you say that that would be a a pretty sure, Yeah, But
1: these are big ticket things too, man. You think about it like, this is giddy money, you know, I've sold, I've sold real estate that's worth millions of dollars, Mm -hmm. you know, and, um, yeah, it's, it's, you, you're trying to get the deal done. Big deals take longer typically, but Mm -hmm. you know, these guys have a playbook and I, and it would go something like this, pile up cash, Mm -hmm. corp dev guys are scouring the planet for deals. Um, maybe Jeff or the new guys, Andy is like, Hey, we want to, we feel like this is a synergy thing. We don't, we're not in it yet, but it fits right next to us. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I think pill pack was the automatic prescription thing. think one medical is clinics, right? So they're like, Oh, let's, this pill pack things for sale. So let's get that for seven fifty, And then, you know, later on, they, they, now they want to provide medical service, Mm -hmm. um, and so they've just piled the cash up, got the deal guys looking around the world. And then literally, can you imagine being a, like a founder or owner of one of these companies and you get I a know. call from like Apple, Amazon, Google? Like, like how does that even? I know. Like, if I got a call, I'm trying to, you know, I'm a kind of little cog in the world here. Okay. If I got a call from like someone like that and they said, hey, we'd like to enter in an exclu- exclusive.
0: Negotiation.
1: Find an NDA we want to go exclusive for 60 days and talk to you about acquiring your business. That's how, that's how the call would go. Yeah. And you'd go, okay, send me the NDA. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I'll
1: send it to my lawyer, make sure I'm yeah. not saying, find something stupid. I'd mm-hmm. sign it. And then like, I'd literally like, okay, what's the offer. Mm-hmm. And I yep. bet you they just come in and they go baller. Bam. Yep. We've looked at all this. We've done the stuff, mm-hmm. you know, like we're not, we're not going to haggle. Mm -hmm. we're going to come in full fair price and then you might get one like one comeback you know Mm -hmm. they might say hey we're coming in for 500 million
0: yep and
1: you're like well it's that's 10 times value and right now the market's paying 14 times value for companies like me yeah let's go 650 and they're Mm -hmm. gonna probably go Mm -hmm. Mm down.
0: that's how that would go yeah it's like yep uh, it's awesome yeah, yeah i was reading this thing here that they're one of their big things too is like iron claw ndas and especially if they're talking about acquiring a public company they actually yeah. want to move quicker because yeah the chances the of stock it leaking, price the, shoot chan- the chances of it leaking are are way higher in a public company totally. because it's like it's hard to keep that many mouths closed and yep. then yeah the deal they they lose basically all leverage on the price of the deal because the minute the market finds out it's game right. over
1: you exactly know? Exactly.
0: So so fascinating. Yeah. If Amazon were to ever call me for a business I was building, <laughs> can you imagine? You, you don't ever just say, "No, nah, I'm good. No thanks." Yeah, nah, I'm good. I'm good.
1: Because everyone has a price, and at some point, you go, "Man, the, you know, you're crazy mm-hmm. not to." Unless you're the guys who sold Instagram for a billion.
0: Oh my gosh! Can you imagine?
1: That thing's worth fifty, mm-hmm. or, or two hundred, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like it's worth crazy. Like hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah, billions of dollars. So anyway. Yeah insane how it's all relative
0: exactly right that's exactly right awesome well as always this has been fun Um, always and uh if you're listening we are uh man we got tons of podcasts launching we just launched the memes we announced the brother terry podcast which he announced on the memes podcast
1: oh i haven't i haven't seen that i watched the first half but yeah apparently i I got a mention so that was you did
0: exactly Yeah, yeah yeah you may be on the other end of a prank call um, Any moment, and exactly. then we got an amazing comedian Taylor Ransom, who's launching a podcast, I believe, on October 22nd. Love it. We got kind of like a church history and a theology podcast by um, this amazing uh, minister preacher out of New Zealand, actually Australia, excuse me, called uh, Eagle and Child, and it's basically a deep dive into historical church. Church history figures, so man, I count Westerson, C.S. Lewis. So she's already wow. done one season, and she's coming on board to do the second season and continue with us. So that's launching the end of October, and then we got a bunch more coming. So <laughs> come on, you know,
1: vast is growing.
0: It's, it's, it's fast. It's yeah, it's growing, man. It's all happening. So, all right. Well, hey, listen, if you're listening and you got any topic ideas, thoughts, questions, hit us up uh twitter instagram you can email me mw at vast.faith and uh we would love to answer your questions or talk about you know what you want us to talk about so we will talk to you next week dean okay. thank you man